Hey, welcome back to Pigeon Arts, and today's co-host, Steve. Hey, how's it going, hockey fans? You know us, we're just a couple goalies taking one too many pucks to the head and do not claim to be hockey experts, but simply overzealous hockey fans that love to play, watch, read, and talk about hockey. So be sure to follow us on Twitter to let us know what you think, and also be sure to comment and share any hockey games, news, or videos we should cover in an upcoming podcast. So Steve, today you and I will be talking about the, I guess, the second day of USPHL Mountain Division playoff hockey, and that again means Utah, Pueblo, Northern Colorado, and Ogden. And we're just going to break right into it, man. We're going to break right into the first game of the day on Thursday, March 11th, which was Utah versus Pueblo. Now, in net for Pueblo was Blake Sproul, no surprise there, the 19-year-old out of Burbank, California. And in net for Utah, once again, was Kyle Cosmo, the 20-year-old out of Vaughn, Ontario. I did notice something about this game that I loved right out the gate was Cosmo and Sproul, the opposing goalies, played a game of rock, paper, scissors before they decided who would enter the ice first. And I think Cosmo won with a rock to Sproul scissors. I'm just going to say, I think this was awesome between opposing goalies to not let their teams on the ice until they won this contest. This is some stuff you see at the NHL between friends. I loved this interaction between Cosmo and Sproul. Yeah, it's cool, man. It's, it's sometimes, you know, that's the bigger part of the game, right? When you see at any level, you know, buddies talking ahead of time and friendly chirping, not the not the negative stuff, right, that gets things going. But, uh, you know, it's always cool to see things like this happen in a game. Yeah, and if anyone remembers, listen to uh, one of the most recent podcasts. We talked about how weird the goalie union is. But Steve and I are a couple goalies. We know we're weird. We know it's a union, and I think it was Sebastian that was telling Coach Dreyer there that I've never seen a tighter group of people that have never met each other than goalies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're yeah. That's well, the thing is, you know, you do have to be an odd duck to be a goalie. <laughs> any any idiot that says I want to put myself in front of a piece of galvanized rubber that's going to be fired at you routinely. Yeah, we're a weird bunch to want to jump in in here and do this don't yeah. we all we're goalies man and i think that's why it's a great it's a great transition into the uh beginning of this game so pueblo was really putting on the pressure and utah was throwing a lot of big hits but the 19 year old out of calgary alberta alexander Denis, well was sent flying into the boards but he gets up and cole tucker finds him in front of the net it's one nothing on Denis' goal yeah, and you know, just reiterating what you were already saying, a lot of big hits. When you watch the highlights on those people, uh, man, they were just blasting them. And you know, in true playoff hockey style, absorb the hit. It wasn't just him, right? There was, there was two other big oh, hits that man, were thrown yeah. in that sequence. But yeah, Denny just got up, took that big hit, went right to the net, and kudos to them for you know their resilience of just sticking with it. And that's play, that's that's right there. You know that first sequence, that's the epitome of playoff hockey, right there, right? Big hits, resilience, taking it, and then still going to the net. So yeah, they were rewarded for their for their hard play. So Pueblo takes a bad penalty later into the first period, and on the delayed penalty time, Shuckster feeds a beautiful pass cross ice to the 18-year-old defenseman out of Vernon Hills, Illinois, Matthew Kwepke, and we're tied at one. Yeah, but again, this is the playoff hockey thing, right? It was a bad hit, but the player took it, controlled that puck, and, you know, really nice passing play that, that led to that goal. So very impressive there, and you nailed it, right? 
Bad check. It was definitely going to be a penalty, but the guy took it, stayed in the play. Guy jumps on the ice, and, you know, a nice bang-bang passing play, and the puck's in the back of the net. Yeah, and then in the second period, just over five minutes actually into the second, Utah breaks into the zone, and Liam Tivers, the 20-year-old out of Abbotsford, British Columbia, puts it up, and it's 2-1 to one Utah. Yeah, with three on two, nice little cut to the middle right, uh, exposes the player over to the left side, and he beats the goalie clean on a shot. Like, I watched it. Can't, I'm not faulting the goalie. You would love for him to make that save, but he was beat clean on the glove side, so... Nice little cut to the middle, nice little play, and, you know, there they go up by one goal. And it was uh, just actually a couple minutes later, Utah is keeping the heat on Pueblo, and Declan Douthart, the 20-year-old from Winterpeg, Manitoba, takes a shot from the point through traffic and gets paid 3-1 to one Utah. Yeah, there was a nice job on the D to wait until there was movement towards the net before shooting. Like, that's what I really picked out there, right? Um, if there wasn't that movement towards the goalie to distract him, I think it's a stoppable puck. But good job on the D, and that was uh, Douthart, right? He waited yep. until there was movement coming towards the goalie, then fired it. And, you know, again, good heads-up play. Great job waiting waiting for the play to develop before releasing that puck. Utah, honestly, Utah was laying the, the heat on thick and just wouldn't relent. And for the third time in three minutes and 11 seconds, Utah buries it again with Tivers, his second of the game. Utah's up 4-1. to one. You know, this game, the one thing that, you know, I'll, I'll point out and circle back to was the there was relentless play and it's both teams going at it. Right. But you've got to give the credit to Utah on this where they just kept the pressure going. They were absorbing hits. They were dishing it back out. But they played a relentless game up until this point. Right. It was it was an entertaining hockey game. Um, I think the score is you know, a, a little misleading as as far as the the effort goes, right? But you know, yeah, solid. like I said, Utah got what three goals in three minutes eleven seconds. Yeah, and not fault. You can't fault the, the the goalie on this at all. It was just again relentless playoff hockey play, right? Keep the pressure on, and when you do that, good things are going to happen when you get the puck to the net and guys are going to the net. So it was about six minutes and eighteen seconds remaining in the second. There was a big hit. And they had to call the second intermission after that hit uh, led to broken glass near the Utah bench. And I would say that was actually pretty merciful for Pueblo because Utah was just on fire and probably would have piled on one or two more goals with the way they were playing in that second period. But they had to call an early second intermission, fix the glass, and we move into the third period. They did play the remaining six minutes and 18 seconds of the second, then obviously end it, give players a couple minute break, and then went right into the third period. It was just under five minutes left in the third. Denis gets a second of the game and Pueblo's within two. Yeah, that was an ugly little face-off scramble, but resulted in a quick shot and a rebound goal right like if you watch that sequence that puck was laying right there right (laughs) so that's why i called it an ugly face-off scramble because that puck was was laying there and just nobody was getting to it right so and this is what i credit denis again a quick little backhander off the goalie's pads you know and that's not a bad play sometimes as a goalie's got to kick that right back out and he kicked it right back out pretty much to Denny's stick, and then he pots in that rebound goal. With, uh, just under two minutes remaining, I want to talk about Alexander Houston. He's the 18-year-old out of Canton, Ohio, who came to replace him with Sproul in this game, and he comes up huge with a, dude, with, with a stop on a 2-on-0 breakaway to keep his team in this. 
Yeah, yeah, that was a nice save. I don't know what all the discussion was about after it, but because <laughs> the net was clearly dislodged after too, right? But yeah. nice big save, nice composure coming in, especially when you're, you know, you're being brought in late in the second period, right? So good composure, way to way to give your team a chance to win. With less than 40 seconds remaining in the game, right off the draw, Benjamin St. Ange, the 19-year-old out of Quebec, pulls Pueblo within one. This game's for real, four to yeah. three. Clean face-off win, and the only thing I can tell you on this is, in my opinion, it just looked like the goalie was not expecting that shot. It just it just looked like to me that he wasn't set and wasn't expecting it, right? So clean face-off win, right on over, quick shot, and then you're right, we, we had a hockey game. Yeah, and that was going to be a pretty exciting 40 seconds there. But with just a second remaining in the game, Curtis Shuckster, the 20-year-old out of Richmond Hill, Ontario, buries the empty netter, and this game ends with Utah taking this one away. I'd say at this point escaping with the win because they were coming on strong. 5-3 Utah. Yep, yep. Good, you know, good entertaining hockey game. Both teams played really well. You know, the only thing that I would point out in this game you know, that happened as a point of weakness was just on that fourth goal for Utah. Just the Pueblo players were just caught watching the puck. Too much watching the puck clumping together. But, you know, overall, entertaining hockey game, both well played. Goaltender pulled to shake up the team a bit. And oh, man, as much as us goalies hate it, right? Sometimes it delivers yeah. a message and it almost worked. <laughs> it was it there. Did. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, Sprouse stopped 16 of the 20 face. Houston came in and stopped all 15 he faced. And Cosma stopped 31 of 34. And that moves us into the later game of the day, the Northern Colorado Eagles versus our Ogden Mustangs. And we'll just jump right into this one, right into the first period. Actually, I will say Troja was yet again in net for Ogden, the 21-year-old Croatian versus Ulrich Roussel, the 18-year-old out of Montremblant, Quebec. So, again, jumping into the first. <laughs> and once again, the disclaimer for Chris, anything French-related, Montremblant, he will butcher. So just, oh, yeah. so, just so you know, I'm going to say this. The name of the city is Longuet. <laughs> okay, Longuet, gonna... yeah, because we're probably going to bring this kid up again at some point. I know my – actually, I was talking to my brother-in-law yesterday on the phone – and he's like, dude, honestly, I think the favorite part of the podcast for me is when you try to pronounce French names. <laughs> you're, you're the Don Cherry of this podcast, just so you know, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm like, you know what? It's all about Laurier, right? Laurier. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Who's Actually, Laurier? It's Laurier. I just wish I hadn't even, you know, given you the pronunciation to Longuet because I, I would have loved to have seen you trying to struggle your way through that. Because I'll be honest, no, like when I, when I, I lived in and I lived in Quebec, okay, and I'm not, I'm French, I'm half French Canadian, and my French is not that strong. And that was one I looked at and said, okay, somebody tell me how to say this one, right? You know, so uh, I should have left it, but. I didn't want you to sit there and struggle for the next three minutes and your tongue drop out of your mouth there, Cherry. <laughs> well, I just usually, when I get to that point, call on you or Sebastian and be like, all right, how do you pronounce this crap? But uh, <laughs> let's move on from uh, Montremblant, Quebec guy here. <laughs> and we're going to move right into Northern Colorado was laying on the pressure. Mm -hmm. And the 19-year-old from what's it called? Longue. There you go. That guy who's from there <laughs> puts a patch of hots, one nothing, no go. Yeah, the Mustangs got 
caught clumped together, right? A couple of times. The puck entered the zone. They were puck watching. They sort of collapsed into themselves instead of spreading on out. And then the puck goes over the corner. It was the same type of thing. They got caught watching it, and the goalie was beat clean on the shot. So can't be watching that puck, right? Pick up your man, and that'll help things out in the rest of the game, right? So Yeah. Yeah, and that's what answer the goal scorer there was Nicholas Sampson. I think I uh I think I even forgot to mention him last time. I get so focused on that town of Quebec. I'm just like I forget to mention the player, but that's Nicholas Sampson who who got that one nothing lead there for Noko. Ogden was circling and putting on the pressure, and finally the eighteen year old out of Fremont, California, Jake, not from State Farm, Miri, gets the tying goal one one. Uh, I like to refer to this one because Miri is one of the one of the players that I really like watching for the Mustangs the the most, right? Because of his just hockey IQ, right? And that was like that Oliver Ekman Larson type shot back when Oliel was doing these shots a lot more, but just that seeing eye shot with traffic in front, right? Yeah. So it's never a bad idea to let a floating wrister go when there's traffic in front because you just never know what's going to happen. That goalie was completely screened. You could tell by his reaction and smart, smart shot, right? That's the way to take that one. It doesn't have to be a bullet, just a well-placed wrist shot in traffic and good things will happen in a lot of occasions. Yeah, absolutely. And that's actually how it ended in the first, tied at one. And you move into the second. And I have to say, man, Roussel had some brilliant saves in the second. Ogden should have been up in this game leaving the second period. But Roussel was playing out of his mind. Yeah, and that's playoff hockey too, right? If you hit a goalie that's on his game, he can frustrate your team and elevate the play of the rest of his team, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's what that's kind of what happened because we move into the third and less than a minute into the third for a second goal of the game. Sampson puts it in the net and it's two to one. No go. Yeah, this one's a heartbreaker. You know us. We we love to defend our goalies and we don't like to say too much on the negative side, but that has to be stopped. That was a stoppable shot. There was no screen. It was just it was a shot that. You know, Tra has to, he has to make that save. Got to match the play of the goaltender on the other side of the ice. And to me, it was just a loss of focus on that one. The Noko takes a kicking major and puts Ogden on a five-minute power play. And after uh, some, really, some better shorthanded attempts by Noko, Ogden comes back down and Seth Jones, a 19-year-old of the Boise, Idaho, ties it at two. I uh, love this goal. Dirty, dirty, dirty goal. They do not have to be pretty. And when a goalie's playing hot, get somebody in his face harassing him. Because I watched that goalie go twice (laughs) after Jones, right? Trying to hit him, trying to get out of the way. And then Jones circles back in front, picks up that dirty rebound, and pots it. That's, That's how you have to play when you've got a hot goalie. Bother him, get in his face, and look for dirty goals. So love that goal. Yeah, 100%. But then uh, only 15 seconds later, Northern Colorado comes charging down shorthanded, and a 20-year-old from Greeley, Colorado, Brennan McFarlane, puts Noko immediately back up 3-2. to two. And that's the heartbreaker. So there was two things you can pick out from this game that hurt you. You know, the first one from Troja, the boys equaled that out for them on this power play, right? So you can put that one behind you, but boys, you can't give up a shorty especially you got outworked by two players. Two players on the other team made this goal happen. Just stuff like that can't happen. That's that's the biggest heartbreaker right there was just after, you know, it was a decent decent effort by the the Mustangs. 
Northern Colorado's goalie was just playing out of his mind. And that that one, this one here really stings. You, you got a five-minute major, give it to you. You should have scored two more goals to bury them and make a point, and you give up a shorty, and that's how this game ends. Yeah, with Troja stopping 38 of 41 and Roussel stopping 42 of 44. Uh, we are going to be moving on to Friday, 12 March's games, and we're just going to jump right into it. We got the Ogden Mustangs versus Utah Outliers, and this is a do-or-die game for the Ogden Mustangs. You win it, you're possibly still in it. You lose it, it's go home. For this game, it was Titan Anderson, a 19-year-old out of Wellsville, Utah, starting in it for Ogden, and no surprise, Cosma in net for Utah. Just over halfway through the first, and Utah gets a holding penalty. And on the ensuing power play, the 18-year-old American, Cade Herrera, buries it past Cosma. one nothing Ogden, their first lead in this little mini-tournament. Yeah, nice nice feed from Uri on that one, and, and a very nice quick release by Herrera. You know, so no chance on the goalie on that one, but nice bang-bang play, and the puck's in the back of the net. Yeah, so that was it for the first. We move into the second, and Utah was laying on the pressure. And on at least the third attempt, because he just kept going for it, Liam Tivers ties it for Utah 1-1. Yeah, just way too many opportunities there. <laughs> this seemed to be a problem in the last game where there was too much puck watching going on. So in the D zone, especially defensively, your heads have to be on a swivel. You have to pick up where the guys are open. You know, I know it's a tough thing to take your eye off the puck. But you need to cover your man, right? And got to give credit to Utah. Great sustained pressure to lead to that goal. Yeah. Uh, and truthfully, that was it for the second. We move into the third, tied at one. This is, you know, Ogden's do or die period. They've got to step it up and make something happen. A little over halfway through the third period, and Titan Anderson charges out of the net to try to stop the breakaway. And as a goalie here, this is a this is this and you got to know you're 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 going to get you're going to beat that guy to the puck. That's what you're going to do. If you're going to make this call, you're going to beat that guy to the puck. He misses. And Koepke has a wide open net to slide the puck in 2 to 1 Utah. This is déjà vu. This happened, remember, one of our yeah. first podcasts. Yeah. It happened where the goalie went out and his puck slid right underneath him. And this one here, it's a tough one, right? That puck's flipped up high. But again, as a goalie, you know, you don't take your eyes off that puck when I played the puck was in the referee's hand. Like, I'm taking a drink of water, but I'm still know where that puck is, right? You got to never... hoshik this right here. Like, you might get called on the tripping. Yeah. But you, you got to send that other player flying. At this point, you go out for that puck. You don't look to see if you're going to collide. You hit that puck first. This isn't midway through the season. This is you win. You may still be in. You lose, you're out. But it's also the commit. You got to commit early to it, right? You can't hesitate. If you hesitate for a second, you have to set yourself up for the breakaway, right? Yeah. It's not something you can hold back on. And, and the way I watched it, even though it was a flip up high, and when it hits the ice, that's when Anderson has to go. He has to make that decision there, and he waited. And that player was coming in quick, right? And you're, you're correct. Like he, if you miss that, you've got to kick your legs up, trip that player, do whatever you can. Do something. Take him out. Take the penalty. You just yeah. can't let him get it past you. Yeah, or or brace yourself for the breakaway, right? Yep. You know, this, those are the plays that we love. Like, I loved it when a guy got a I breakaway. Love break. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? I like, you get, you get players for letting it happen. Like, afterwards, they come tap you in the pad. You'll be like, yeah, I bailed you out. Don't let it happen again, right? But it's a goalie. You love it. It happens. Like, that's the thing. Yeah. You've got to be a better team to overcome – 
here's how I see it too. Like I will flash back to that goal with, with Utah. It was Soderholm who was in net that made that error that eventually cost his, eventually cost his team the game. But again, you've got to outplay bad plays and bad calls. Like you're going to get bad referee calls against you or throughout a game. If you can't beat bad calls, you're never going to win a game. And if you can't beat bad plays, you're never going to win a game. The truth is Anderson made some stupid, stupid saves throughout this game. Like I had all the confidence in the world with, with where we were at this game with Anderson and that, because he was seeing like a beach ball and he hadn't made a mistake the entire game. And this is just one of those things where I know it as a goalie, you're playing such a good game and you do something like that and it gets into your head. I wish I was a goal. I would have probably been a more successful goalie if I was one of those guys that could just erase my mistakes during a game. But I'm a guy that definitely gets into my own head. It did, weirdly enough, I the angrier I got during a game, the better I got. So if you, if the opposing team thought they were going to get out of my nerves, it actually made me a better goalie. Each goalie has their ticks. But yeah, this isn't something I'd hang the game up on. At this point, you're down 2-1. to one. It's time to come back. Mm-hmm. But with just over four minutes remaining in the third, Utah breaks into the zone, and a 20-year-old out of Murano, Italy, Michelle Vignali, puts Utah up by two. It is now three to one. Uh, this one right here, though, I got to say the player just blew the coverage on Vignoli, right? So I, I forget the Mustangs player that came in. There was good communication. I think it was the forward, and he was yelling on over, that's your man. You can see him do that. But Vignoli just Blows past him, right? Not even slowed up at all, and he gets a clean yeah. shot at that net. So this is playoff hockey, boys. Um, that can't happen, right? It, it can't happen. you got to tie that guy up. And again, watching the puck, what are you going to do with the puck, right? Yeah. You're not the goalie. The goalie's got the puck. The guy over on the side of the boards is watching that guy with the puck. You've got to be tying up your man. If you have that man tied up, he doesn't get that shot off, or you're going to make it a lot more difficult, right? So... That's the one right there that really hurt, right? Because that just iced it. It was yeah. You're you're talking about four to one. Like I've seen Ogden come back from worse, but with I saw that goal, I'm like, it's over. I just it kept showing because with 30 seconds remaining, Utah just wouldn't relent on the pressure. And the 19 year old Alex Charn out of Moscow, Russia, breaks in and effectively puts a dagger in the Ogden Mustangs 2020-2021 season, and he puts Utah four to one. The interesting thing is, uh, if I was the goalie coach on this one, I'm coming back to Anderson, the defensive player, your defenseman did it, or it could even have been a forward coming back, right? Because it's hard to tell what the angles we get. But the play, your own player had him cut off to the right-hand side, right? So there was no play. There was no cutback. And then Anderson still bit on, you know, a slight little head fake to the to the right. There was no room to go with it, Right. Yeah. So he bit and it gets buried in the left side. And that one I looked at going, Ugh. you know, that's where you have to identify it. You know, you know, the only play is to that side. It means you can't cheat, right? You can't give him the shot, but cut, give him a little bit more of the, uh, you know, again, you know, this is the angle we're watching it on the left, but that would have been to the right of the goalie. Give him a little bit of the right, you know, give it to him. Completely yeah. shut that off and you could take it away really quick. So, you know, if, if I'm Anderson's goalie coach, I'm going back on this one saying, look, okay, we'll, we'll work on those flip-ins, you know, for you to come out and play the puck, right? That's, you know, really to say it is. It's just it happens play, right? Yeah. It sucks because you've been playing such a good game and that was a pivotal goal. And then you watched everything on glue. The other thing is the Mustangs player, if your goalie's been playing that good and he bites it on something like that it's up to you guys to turn it around 
come back and get that goalie a goal, right? Bail him back out because he bailed you out all game. And, you know, the next two, you know, it just it just wasn't there, right? So, yeah, it's disappointing. Like, I, I guarantee the guys in that locker room are disappointed. I leave it all on the ice, right? Because there's nothing worse than when you're – you know, as a goalie, when you're flat, you're flat, right? At least you have a backup that can come in and, you know, our partner is the way you could call it too, depending on who the starter is. But somebody could come in and sort of help you on out. What's what's our Russian? Um, I just blanked on his name. Uh, oh, Shmakov. Yeah, he, he was invisible during this, which they, they needed him in this, right? They needed him potting uh, some goals. I, I kind of disagree. I mean, I don't think he's, I honestly, I don't think he scored, but I can't say he was invisible through this. I think he led to a lot of great passing plays. I really, he, I, he definitely had a bunch of assists. I don't think he had any goals during this, but I personally can't say that he was invisible during this. I definitely, definitely noticed him during these games. There are certain players I will definitely say that I won't say their names on here, but were really invisible during these last three game stretch. But there's guys for me that during this three game stretch really stood out. Guys like uh, like Alex Engin, the Wasilla, Alaska kid. He honestly, he was really noticeable. Jack Jones was throwing some big hits. He was extremely noticeable. Seth Jones had some great play. Christian Finney, the captain, that we will say again, congratulations on his commitment. He... He was definitely noticeable. He was playing some good hockey. Aloyan, the the Russian guy, he also played some really good hockey and throwing his body in there. So I, I say definitely there were some guys that stood out for me during the series, but there was also guys that were invisible, I felt. You know, again, the team has had a lot of talent. They persevered. There's times during the season when they were down and they would claw their way back. That Those are my thoughts. Great season, guys. It was fun uh, covering your games and watching you. Looking forward to you guys chirping us next season because it'll be fun. <laughs> I agree because honestly, it was it was a blast covering this team this season. Uh, anyone that's listening, we we just started this podcast in mid October 2020, driven out of the COVID crisis. Here, it's a team I've been following since 2016 when I moved here, and because uh, I moved here in January 2016, left for a little bit, came back. It's it's been a fun fun time covering this team this season actually getting to interact with some of the staff on the mustangs and hopefully in some upcoming podcasts uh, interact with some of the players as the season is wrapped up maybe we can get a, a like a jack jones a jake Meary, a lucas Vashko, you know parker lawton these guys kind of stood out to us through the season there's a lot of talent on this team the captain the goalies uh, a lot of depth players uh, a lot of firepower guys like schmakov but you know there, there's some players that stood out to us individually based off their play and, and amongst other things, even calling us out while we're at the game, Jack Jones. And so this is the stuff we loved throughout the season and we had a blast with. So we will say it was an extremely talented team here. We, we got the literally love covering guys like the goalies, Anderson Knight, Troja, and even at one point, uh, Tony Sikora was on the team. I believe he's again now with Las Vegas. Uh, and then you have guys, the, the defensive guys here, like, Man, Boldway, Hawks, Heller, Jensen, the Joneses, and Finney. Pretty solid defense here. Boldway, crazy good skater, a super strong skater. Uh, and then you have guys like Hawks and Heller. And then Jack Jones and Seth Jones. Uh, man, how many how many games did we talk about these two boys? Yeah, multiple games, multiple games. You always heard me with Muri too, right? 
great hockey IQ. After that one goal from the previous game, I'd like to see him doing more of that, you know, because he's, you know, my opinion, the pass first, shoot later type of player. Yeah. Because he is a good playmaker, but you know, when you cover, when you have that other dynamic to you, where you, you know, will sometimes just release that puck. It'll catch a goalie off guard. It keeps them true. So he, in my opinion, just do more of that. Especially yeah. with the screen, you got a good touch on you, man. You got you have a nice touch on that puck. So when you have that opportunity, when there's bodies there, let that wrister go. You know, the worst case scenario deflects that goes into a corner, right? Yeah. Um, usually that's all that one will go. But usually your best case scenario is the puck's going in the net. You're creating a havoc save for the goaltender that he's not necessarily prepared for. Or that puck's pinballing around, which just creates even more havoc, right? And the best way to mess with a goalie that's on their game is create havoc in front of them. So that's what I'd like to see more to him. But great hockey IQ. You know, to me, he was almost every game he was doing something in that game to really grab your attention. So Yeah, and then even wrapping up there with the defenseman, uh, Captain Finney, not much else you can say about him. Congratulations on his uh, commitment. He's earned it. He's one of the guys that cannot return next season, such as a guy like Arthur Loyan, who is a little bit later season addition here for us Mustangs fans, the Russian kid there. And then, yeah, again, guys like Burnett, Engin, uh, Herrera, Jensen, Lawton, Miri, as you were mentioning there, Miller, Falzer, Schmakov, Tucker Thorstad, the the kid that tried to spill my beer and our and our the first game I was able to try to get into there and might have actually triggered the whole conversation with the Mustangs in the first place. Uh your Silla Van Orman, Vashko, and Zito. Uh, again, it was great watching these these uh young men perform all season and really give us some entertaining hockey and excited to see who comes back. And you know, we we guaranteed certain guys won't. They're too old. So they're going to have to advance on, go pro, go college, move on in life. But other guys will definitely be able to come back or, you know, they might be picked up by the USHL or still picked up by an NCAA team or, you know, Canadian Hockey League team. So it's going to be interesting to see what the team looks like next season. We'll definitely be engaged with the Mustangs staff all offseason and excited to see who commits to the Mustangs. So we can start looking at their old game videos if it's available. And we're excited to see who comes back. And we're excited to see where some of these players go if they do not stay with Ogden, should they even have the chance. So again, I, I have to say, we're, I think we're very excited about where this team has come this season. Really fun, entertaining hockey. And we're excited to see where they go. And again, congratulations to the Ogden Mustangs on... What was a very entertaining season. I know it's really disappointing right now. We're, we're definitely excited to cover this team into the future. Again, thank you all for joining us. This is Chris and Steve. Have a great one, hockey fans. And we'll catch you next time.